0: Welcome to Anarchists and Androids. I'm Parenthesis I, and I'm joined with
1: Logar, the Barbarian.
0: (laughs) So today we'll be talking about the last three episodes of The Last of Us. The last (laughs)
1: of The Last of Us.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, at least until like a year or two when season two comes around.
1: I it it, it 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 kind of weirds me out a little bit that the uh the main actors here are playing these like 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 uh I guess how old is how old is Bella or Ellie Bella Ramsey's character Ellie supposed to be in this?
0: Oh, I'm guessing about 14
1: or so. So like cause like her and the young woman that she's with in episode, well, what is it? The episode, oh, episode in the mall. Seven. Yeah. Apparently they're both like 20-year-old women playing 14-year-old girls. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's often happens. Like it's kind of a cliche of like people playing high school students and they're in their twenties.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's sometimes like when you watch some of those old movies, it's like it's obvious that this is a 35-year-old man or a 45-year-old man <laughs> playing a high school kid. Like <laughs> yeah
0: like 21 jump street or some shit <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> or even back to the future with michael j fox
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah. how old was he when he did the first one I, I wonder the second and third one he definitely was past the age <laughs> oh yeah
0: <laughs> but yeah he's supposed to be a high school kid at that
1: but she I mean it's I well, Watching it I'm not like oh that's not a 14 year old kid it seems very much Like a 14 year old kid but mm-hmm. Then when I see somebody who looks Really old these days I'm like wow That that person's really old and then I find Out they're actually younger than me I realize Just how old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So maybe My judgment of just looking at somebody Guessing at age isn't the best <laughs> Oh yeah Definitely <laughs> If they seem really old, they're probably younger than me. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> a person. That's how it is. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, so I I there are some interesting things that went on the last 3 episodes, uh starting with the mall episode. What was the oh. title of the mall episode? Oh, left
0: behind. Left which, Behind, which isn't is, that the name of that uh, Christian, like, evangelical apocalyptic story?
1: Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Left Behind, and then its famous sequel, Right Behind.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dad <Yeah>. jokes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Odd story when that came when that was coming out all big. Didn't they make a movie of that at some point in time? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's
0: like that's a whole world out there of Christian cinema that I'm unfamiliar with.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I met old what's his name from uh, what was the the sitcom? That guy that was involved
0: with that. Um, Left Behind? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) That's a whole separate world from what I'm familiar with. (laughs) I can talk about anarchist stuff and sci-fi, but not Christian stuff.
1: It was still in 2000. Kirk Cameron was in a Left Behind movie, uh-huh. and oddly enough, my parents' church at that time had had him, had him had, had around that time. I think it was before the movie came out. They had uh, had Kirk Cameron visiting the church, and I ended up at the church with Kirk Cameron so <laughs> in some kind of it, a potluck in the church basement with Kirk Cameron <laughs> promoting his movie. <laughs> so that happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was weird.
0: Yeah. So yeah, let's see. So episode seven left behind. There was a, a Riley. That was the name of Ellie's friend who's played by Storm Reed, who's an actress that was in the movie that came out recently that I saw Missing. Oh,
1: I yes. haven't seen that one. I haven't seen I have seen I have seen Storm Reed and other things though. I can't I, I can't place it. We're just looking at it. it wasn't she she was in Wrinkle in Time and we all went to go see that as a family. Oh yeah. Uh, I think I maybe we didn't take care. It was my daughter and I, but we went to go see Wrinkle of Time together, and that was a pretty neat little movie. Uh, I think that's where I'm recognizing her from.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I recognize her from the HBO show uh, Euphoria. I need to watch that, I think. Is that is that worth checking out? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's not science fiction at all. It's no, more that's like okay. high school kids that in, do a lot of sex and drugs, basically. Oh, <laughs> that's,
1: that's really fun for high school
0: kids, you know? <laughs> they really yeah, like yeah.
1: that. <laughs> I was a high school kid, and those are some of my favorite things to do then. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's weird uh, because it kind of uh, – euphoria it kind of reminds me of like train spotting and basketball diaries you know those from the 90s right and uh except it's like for a modern age you know the 2020s instead
1: yeah i, I think i need to check it out and see how that because things have shifted things have changed <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it's not the 90s anymore so but anyways well back to what she's in here and, and not euphoria as much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the last of us They have an interesting sort of uh, uh, dichotomy that's set up in this between uh, the, what is it, Fedra and the Fireflies. And you get this, they're they're given this illustrated thing where Fedra is more fascistic, uh, militaristic, totalitarian dictator, whereas the Fireflies are more kind of fit in line with some of the uh, more grassroots type of, of uh, I guess, conflict type things that you'd see in current day conflicts around the world. Things like homemade IEDs and stuff like that, not the great big military that we <laughs> associate with FEDRAs. The impression I get from the episode, am I off there, do
0: you think? Yeah, yeah in general, like FEDRA seems like, a run-of-the-mill generic guerrilla resistance movement. Fedra or the Fireflies? <laughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah, that would be Fireflies. Yeah. yeah Fedra, fireflies. Is, Fedra is like if FEMA became a fascist organization.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So FEMA comes up there because of the zombie world. They keep control and they just keep on getting more powerful. And, I, and I, essentially what it seems is that Ellie is looks to be some sort of child soldier or something here in this. Yeah,
0: she's like in a military school that Federer runs. And like <laughs> yeah, she's like, like the, the leadership, they identify her as like an intelligent, smart, up-and-coming person. And that if only she applied herself in the right way, she could be like on the top of the hierarchy. But instead, she's the rebel. And so she's like at the bottom of the barrel.
1: Yeah, and they talk about her becoming an officer. Like, oh, you can climb the ladder and become an officer. So you don't have to run out there. You can come stay in here and tell everybody what to do. Uh, there was definitely the marine corps some sort of uh antagonistic relationship between
0: officers and enlisted folks so that is a real thing <laughs> yeah. oh, and then her friend riley uh, runs away from school slash you know uh, military school shit uh, she she ran away because she was designated to be like a guard of like the the trash and latrines and stuff
1: she was given the shit duty
0: yeah, exactly. exactly so, I
1: mean, yeah, you get shit duty. It's like, oh, I'm out of here. This is this sucks. I'm getting shit yeah.
0: duty. <laughs> so she'd rather be like a gorilla resistance fighter instead of like a shit duty. Yeah. Yeah, who wouldn't? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody wants the shit duty. <laughs> and then it turns out that Riley discovers this abandoned mall, you know, from kind of like a, various relics from before the the fall of society. And so she shows uh, the Bella Ramsey character, uh, Ella, or Ellie, uh, the... The abandoned mall and like they get to have like a almost like a nostalgia trip you know like enjoying what things were like before the fall of c- civilization before a zombie comes and ruins everything
1: yeah, and it, 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 the, the world had to end at 2003 in order for this mall to still exist. The way yeah. that it does is stocked well as it is. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> most of them are just pretty much empty, empty uh, wastelands now of, of what once was. <laughs> most malls are more like what we see in The Last of Us than the mall we saw in The Last of
0: Us. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was more stocked than our current mall down the street. yeah. <laughs> And that was one of our jokes is the mall started dying 20 some years ago. I remember going into this mall in one of the towns here in Middletown and just thinking, wow, this reminds me of Dawn of the Dead, this empty mall. And that's the mall and Dawn of the Dead was kind of like the big thing,
0: you know? (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's interesting. Like, so that episode, I kind of I think about uh, Station Eleven, how they had one episode of Station Eleven where like the. The character Kirsten like is knocked unconscious and she goes through some like flashback, you know, into the the past and all that. And this episode of episode seven seemed very similar where like in this case, Joel is the one unconscious. But still you have Ellie is the one that has the flashback. And,
1: And Joel is she's going back to the first time she had to deal with this trauma of losing her friend and remembering that and how apparently she I'm guessing she had to kill
0: her as she turned into a mushroom zombie. Yeah, yeah, they don't show it on camera, but they imply that like Ellie discovers that she's immune, but her friend Riley is not, and she has to kill her friend. Now,
1: one of the things that they're setting up here is, that they're bringing in here, is that Joel himself, and in the, in the previous episode, they kind of go into it. He's he's a killer. He's not a good person. He's he's murdering others that he probably doesn't need to murder.
0: Oh, and in this, episode eight, he yes. he like tortures people.
1: Yeah, he's torturing <laughs> people. So yeah. questioning the 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 ethical like. This good guy, <laughs> the main or we'll say protagonist who we're supposed to relate to, it, it kind of has some crappy behaviors that probably aren't the best. But then we look, most
0: sides are pretty horrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, and then, you know, episode nine, it's kind of like no doubt about it. Like, Joel is just a ruthless killer. Yeah. yeah. He, he, <laughs> like,
1: so let's talk about that. Okay we have the we have the mall episode in these last three and that kind of goes into the division of fedra versus fireflies and the people living under it and and we see that ellie has some kind of fascistic leanings from the things she's been raised up to say like oh this is this fascistic regime is what keeps us safe this is what what protects humanity you know yeah and she's kind of kind of What's the word I'm looking for? Kind of championing that narrative that she's been given from them.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's by only by virtue of like running away that she is able to escape that whole path for her life.
1: You have to remove yourself from that social situation where those things are being
0: reinforced, essentially. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you can view this as a, as a advocating for dropping out of school. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So then the next episode we run into the weird kind of creepy cult guy who's kind of a a, a nasty he, he he embodies a lot of what folks say about some of these fundamentalists out there now where he's not a safe person to these kids um very patriarchal abusive things like that and uses religion kind of as the foundation to keep people in check
0: would you say not yeah, Oh yeah, when we are in need, his name of that episode.
1: Yeah, he's trying to, I guess, like convert Ellie to being one of their their flock or their 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 little community of a little fundamentalist cult like community, and they're
0: they're eating people. Yeah, it's a, what I call it a, a cannibal Christian cult. C-c-c. The can- <laughs> the cannibal Christian cult. I like yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, it, I mean, and that's, like, super intense episode. Yeah, you have, like, David, the charismatic leader guy uh, from Pittsburgh, I think they say. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, uh, like he comes across Ellie, and he tries to, like, get Ellie to join the group. And then he uh, captures Ellie in cage and tries to, like, convince Ellie that she can be, like, a leader of this group. And then, like, Ellie basically tries to escape. And at the very end, he tries to rape her. And then Ellie kills him with a, a meat cleaver. And it's like a super intense scene, and then like she runs away and then runs right into Joel.
1: Yeah, it's it is very like the the discussion between him and her is is kind of creepy. It's kind of grooming the things he says to her. It feels very uncomfortable when he's saying it. So I'll say that going into this, it, it, it the episode has some probably triggering things in it for some folks. It's pretty intense at times. It gets yeah. it gets it gets rough. So man, I had that trigger warning after there. that episode. <laughs>
0: Like after watching the episode and then trying to go to bed, I just kept on thinking about it. (laughs) It
1: it, it's it's interesting. Um, now Joel Joel comes back towards the end, but we kind he towards the end of that episode to kind of save the day, and, and and they they kill off some of the more frightening fellers in the community. The rest of the community, I'm assuming, would just come back and find their bodies back there. I don't know how protected the rest of the human meat was, so people find out at that point that they're eating people, like some and Green moment in their community, yeah. but the guys who seem to be keeping it under wraps that they were eating humans are the ones who end up getting it, it seems, in this.
0: Yeah, because at the very end, like, there's a fire and stuff, and Joel and Ellie are running away. Like, I I was wondering, like, where are are the other members of the community? Yeah, they weren't
1: around. And I thought about this when I was watching it, but, like, they're back towards where they, like, as she's in a cave, she looks down, there's a human ear below her. She can see they're prepping people to eat. And he's like, oh, I reassure you, that's just venison you're eating. That's just (laughs) venison. But my assumption is that that's kind of a, an area that a lot of folks don't go to. They've got the little cage there. They've got the human meat down there. My assumption is that this is a part of town that they have kind of relatively quiet and isolated where they're doing their dirty deeds. That's why there's not as many people around Yeah. noticing that they're kind of back there in the back room where people parts are laying around and hanging and everything else.
0: <laughs> yeah. Since it's like a religious organization, maybe they're saying like God says that you don't go to this part of town.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just in general, even in our regular communities, there's parts of parts that like now without the apocalypse that we don't go to often that are chained off, locked off. Like those are, you know, those are for the uh, isolated, for, like we're just if I just run up the street, there's water filtration plants and all kinds of other stuff going on up here that are chained off, fenced off, locked off. I can run by them on my daily run through the park. But those are areas of town that if somebody were to get killed over in there, I doubt most people would even know they were dead in there unless someone came to work that works there. And they don't have, you know, nine to five
0: shift in this society, I'm assuming. Yeah. <laughs> wow! Yeah, they can see wondering Yeah, what's going on over there now?
1: <laughs> so yeah, like there's there's something there's something. So they're kind. Of, I'm assuming that this is their isolated little spot for their dirty deeds. Is why there was
0: little interference with what was happening. <laughs> and episode nine, oh. like the climax and the season finale. That that's kind of like the the whole se- season has been like building up to episode nine. There, like uh look for the light. Is <laughs> mm-hmm. that one? And that's when you finally see the the fireflies headquarters, what they were aiming to get to, like the entire season.
1: It's, so they get here, and the dile- the ethical dilemma that we're presented with is the uh, it's the train, isn't it? The train. There's the one person versus everyone else, and that seems to be what they're going with here. So the the choice is uh, they they want to. They want to remove, I guess, I don't remember what it was they wanted to remove, but they wanted to operate and take her brain out, essentially. Oh, for Ellie, yeah. 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 (laughs) And
0: and Joel is the one person, and he's against the entire Firefly organization. Mm -hmm. And he seems to successfully pretty much kill off the entire Firefly organization. Well, I mean, like, the the doctor
1: who's been working on a cure, is there anybody else that knows how to do this cure? He just walks in and shoots them off the bat, like, okay, doom all of humanity. How many doctors are passing this down?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think there were, like, two doctor's assistants that are left alive.
1: Okay, so, like, I hope they learned a lot from him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Yeah, this is... Oh, The episode begins with, like, a flashback about Ellie's mother uh, is bitten by a zombie right before she gives birth to Ellie. Oh, yeah. She becomes immune.
1: Yeah, and, and they have, like, like so she's starting to turn. She can see it in her. She's, like, quickly cut the umbilical cord. But So making the conditions where somebody is immune, like, how hard would that be? I'm questioning if that's how she got it. It seems kind of odd. I don't know if I buy it entirely, but because mom had it, now you're suddenly immune. I guess it could work like that. I'm not as good enough of a scientist to say that's how it would work.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's like a vaccine. You know, you get just a little bit of the
1: zombie infection. I guess you just got just a tiny bit, not enough to do anything, but enough to build up some kind of antibody. But yeah, antibodies against fungus.
0: Yeah, do you? If a newborn baby Ellie had the zombie infection, would she be like this little zombie baby that like crawls <laughs> and bites people?
1: <laughs> oh, I'll bet you there were zombie babies through this. If everybody's getting it, and you know you got your mom carrier, your mom's infected. Guess what? Mom's munching on the kid. Horrifying,
0: horrifying things to think about would occur. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love to see that. They're like, a love baby <laughs> like moving fast and like jumping and biting people. <laughs> Oh, no, Paul well, yeah.
1: had a baby and his head popped off.
0: <laughs> Remember that? Oh, I'm thinking, was it that Monty Python Quest for the Holy Grail when they have that little rabbit and it looks cute, but then it jumps and bites and kills people. Little, <laughs> It'd be little, like that little. for a zombie baby.
1: Baby zombies, <laughs> baby zombies. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Maybe we create a new little
1: card game or something, baby zombies. You got to go around yeah. these table baby zombies. Anyways. <laughs> So the ethical dilemma is presented there. And that's not one that I think, okay, you've got one person
0: versus everyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because the fireflies say we can create a cure that will help humanity. Mm -hmm. But then Joel's like, no, this one person I love, Ellie, is going to die. So like, I'm going to save her no matter what. And But one thing I noticed is both those two sides, they never think to ask Ellie, what does she want to do?
1: Yeah. yeah, she doesn't really give him the choice, and she's kept kind of in the dark about what's going on. So she doesn't really have that autonomy in that moment to give decisions. My question is why? I I I don't see why they couldn't find another way to get whatever it is in her noggin without killing her. Just a little sample to work
0: with. Yeah, like start out small. You know, you don't have to yeah. go full on brain surgery first.
1: Yeah, let's start with a little, little. Can we remove just a tiny bit without killing you? Yeah. <laughs> work from there to grow it. I don't know. I, I, I'm not the one now, I, I also put out there like these backgrounds, these stories she's raised as a child soldier he's like running around killing everybody, the last survivor extremely video game storyline plotline and things. Yeah. It gives you plenty of opportunity to have these badasses
0: running around shooting things up in a video game <laughs> oh, oh yeah oh, that, that's, oh, man, It's weird like with Ellie's story though because like they show with episode 9 that Initially, like the mom gives birth and then hands baby Ellie over to Marlene, the firefly, mm-hmm. firefly leader. But then at some point, Marlene must have handed Ellie over to Fedra and to have Ellie be part of the military school. And it was only after running away from the Fedra military school that she rejoined Marlene.
1: Yeah. How did she get in? How did she get to
0: Fedra? Did they capture her? Was this an earlier episode? Did I miss something? You can like trace like the whole relationship of Marlene and Ellie and Marlene is just never really into Ellie, really. (laughs) And because it starts (laughs) off like Ellie is born and the mom's like pleading, like, please, please, please take my baby. And Marlene is initially reluctant to do that. And then like later on, you know, she at some point hands Ellie over to Fedra and then later on gets Ellie back. But then hands Ellie over again to Joel. To do the cross country trip, which Marlene herself is doing a cross country trip, but she just didn't want to do traveling with Ellie, I guess. <laughs> and she
1: said something too. She said something about the uh, about her crossing country, how she had something like five uh, bodyguards or people escorting her cross country, and a lot of them got killed along the way. Whereas mm-hmm. Joel and Ellie made their way without dying. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but they almost got killed many times.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the adventure. They're the last of us. Joel and Ellie are the last of us. They're the last two survivors because we got a child soldier
0: and a badass. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, but like, why not travel together then? Like, if they really wanted Joel to be involved, he could have joined that group. And maybe some of those people that died in Marlene's group wouldn't have died.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, probably. Probably. But I think there's a very individualistic um thought process behind a lot of this show. It's very much, you got to fight for yourself. You've got to stand up for your own. Everybody's against you. All the sides are wrong and evil. And you yeah. as an individual have to fight your way through. It's very survival of the fittest type theme is going wow. through the
0: entire series. Yeah, the American individualist. It's like you and your kin, your family, and that's it. Yeah, it's just, we're yeah. going to
1: keep us safe and keep our, Anybody else comes in here, we got to kill them. They can't come get it without our fire of food. <laughs> don't cross our borders and take our
0: jobs
1: (laughs) (laughs) kind of ideology
0: but but the one beacon of hope of course is jackson wyoming (laughs)
1: jackson wyoming we got the little that's the communist uh the little communist enclave right where where his
0: brother's at yeah yeah tommy the brother and at the very end of the last episode they're heading back to that place
1: it seems like a good place to be
0: Yeah. But then, like, you know, season two is going to be crazy because at the very end, because like Ellie's unconscious, you know, when they're doing all the fighting and killing and attempted operation. But then when Ellie wakes up, Joel lies to her about what happened. And then at the very end, Ellie asks like, I want you to promise, promise me that what you told me is true. And he lies to her again. And then she says, "Okay," And you can tell on your face, like in your voice that she's not really believing Joel.
1: Yeah, there is yeah. this this constant theme of, of of Joel. You did it to protect her, and this idea yeah. is kind of put in there that I'm doing this to protect you. At the same day, he's kind of taken away any choice that she would have in the situation. Yeah. Um, I think that you know, you know, her autonomy isn't taken into account. Her right to choose isn't taken into account. It's her body, her life, the future of the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he's decided for his own personal reasons that he's going to make those decisions and lie to her. But we've also gotten quite a few illustrations that Joel isn't really a, the most ethical guy. He's probably going to kill you pretty quick if he thinks there's a chance you might be a threat.
0: God, yeah. When you think about it, Joel, like in his past, he robbed pe- people here's the thief but then he in the show he like kills people tortures people and now lies to children <laughs> <laughs> so, he's not really a good guy when you think about it
1: no he's got he's got some ethical ethical issues going on he definitely has some ethical issues going on our protagonist i, I and honestly i most of the time a lot of these people who are main hero protagonists that do a lot of these violent things in these movies probably would be ethically bankrupt doing a lot of the stuff they do. At least they're showing that this is your protagonist. This is the kill, kill guy. This is the horrible stuff that that person does. I don't think that's a terrible approach to it in no way. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It is a weird kind of humanizing thing. Cause they also reveal at one point that after the initial outbreak of the virus, like uh, and Joel's daughter got killed, like he almost, he tried to kill himself because he was so distraught by the whole thing. But then he like missed. And then like some doctors, Petra doctors like saved his life.
1: Joel and Ellie are both taken in. She's taken straight to the, uh, the operating room because they're planning on doing the operation. Just put her down, make sure she's, she doesn't have suffer any pain. We're going to, she's going to die on the operating table. And I, understandably, if someone were to do that to one of my kids, yeah, I, I don't care. Like, 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 get my kid off the operating table. Uh, you got know, you huh? to find a better way with my kid. <laughs> You're not killing huh?
0: my kid. So if you were in that situation, you would have been like Joel. Um, I don't
1: know what I would have done in that situation, 100%. There's, there are situations where I can reasonably assume I would respond in certain ways. One thing I've learned over my life is assuming what you would do in a given situation You really don't know until you're put in that situation. Sometimes those decisions are harder to make than you realize. And you make and respond in different ways than you would expect to. Yeah. yeah. You'd like to think you would respond in a certain way. And my immediate response to hearing that is, no, my kids, I would keep my kids safe. Losing them is the worst thing ever. I can't imagine that.
0: So there's that. (laughs) Yeah, and Joel definitely kind of like adopted Ellie over the course of the series. Mm-hmm. It kind of became, she became like a surrogate daughter for the daughter he lost.
1: Yeah, and realistically speaking, we saw at the beginning of the film, he has a young daughter who is killed in all of this. He's got some kind of trauma. He's yeah. got some kind of emotional problems here. I can I can definitely see where someone like that, who is extremely violent by this point in time, has been running around killing, and you have this child who is... Your child, essentially, by all purposes, the one you're responsible for keeping alive, making sure they get there okay, and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, I see why he would do what he did. That, that makes sense. And on the other hand, we have the other group like, hey, if we can't do something about this, we're all potentially going to die. This thing is out there. We're fighting it, but it's it's, it's kicking our butts. It's, it's devastated humanity, like yeah, so you have that. It back to the like I said the train. So I'm saying the train. The little illustration of the train. We have the two tracks that split. You can go to one side and kill the one person or the other side and you kill like three people tied up to it. You have to you got
0: your choice. Do you choose to kill the one or choose to kill everyone? Well, or it's- you can like look at it as like <laughs> going forward, life on earth will look different than it was before. It's not humans on top, it's humans and the zombies. Are the two creatures on top of the food chain.
1: Yeah, so we have, yeah, this is a human, a humanocentric. humanocentric, like, like at this point, I'd say the fungi has been winning this struggle between life on Earth and is becoming the dominant life form that
0: taking the place that humans once had. Because, like, there's a lot of places they show in The this uh, Last of Us where, like, the humans are living their life and, like, you barely even see or hear anything about the zombies.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that most people have tried to create spaces where they are far from it, where they've distanced it, distanced it off. Um, they have, like, Fedra seems to have, like, patrols. And I'm assuming what they're doing is going out making sure that there's no stray zombies and raiders and things like that they're protecting yeah. against. Of course, the idea that everybody's afraid of each other, shooting at raiders, et cetera, et cetera, I'm sure has led to a lot of the conflict between Fireflies and Fedra that goes back and forth. And Fedra folks like, hey, look, you know, you may have killed some of us calling us raiders or whatever. We're going to blow you up and so on and so forth. That's how those kinds of conflicts tend to escalate, right?
0: Oh, yeah. So yeah and then you have these weird little pockets of societies like the cannibal Christian cult or the <laughs> communist commune that exists in little pockets scattered everywhere
1: and and the 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 cannibal christian cult they 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 settled down in a
0: like a resort. Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> like a, like a little holiday town. <laughs>
0: oh, just like a uh, Jackson, Wyoming. But this is Jackson Hole, where a lot of rich people go there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you get all these like resorts where people are coming to. You. Like they're probably better. They're probably set up a little bit better. Some of these vacation spots for like not having to have cars and sixty mile per hour architecture and stuff like that. It's probably a better place to actually. Try to put your little society because you probably can reach each other quicker and reach other things around and amenities faster than you could if you have to drive down the street like you do in exurbs or suburb areas or even some cities now where it's like 60 mile
0: per hour architecture. Yeah. So, one thing I noticed with these last three episodes is like Joel is unconscious for a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a, because, like, a, a, he's unconscious, you know, because of the, being attacked in the first, uh, you know, episode uh, seven and eight. And then he's, like, knocked out by the Firefly people, and he's unconscious again, and that's when they take Ellie. And then Ellie is basically imprisoned by different people every episode. <laughs> <the third> <laughs> he's, like, kind of imprisoned, you could say, by the Federal Military School, and the uh, episode eight, uh, imprisoned by the Cannibal Christian Cult, and then uh, episode nine by a Fireflies. And she breaks out, or somebody breaks her out in every one of these episodes.
1: Joel, it's definitely Joel in the last two. The first one, I'm assuming that she... So at the end, Rewind, when she's in the mall, I've got a little bit of a gap between the turn and where she goes from there in her story. Did she return to Fedra, or did she take off? or Is that when they were bringing her in at some point in time, at the beginning, when they were looking at her?
0: Is that where we're going to? Oh, so I think the episode seven that takes place that basically tells how she broke out of the military or actually her friend uh, Mm -hmm. broke her out of the military school. And then she mentions Marlene was like her friend's boss in the fireflies. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so it's kind of implied that after Ellie like discovers that she's immune and kills her friend, she then finds Marlene and joins up with her. And then I guess marlene's like oh it's good to see you and then we got to get somebody else to get you out of here <laughs> yeah <laughs> marlene doesn't really like ellie it seems <laughs> well we're about on time did you have anything else we wanted
1: to touch on with this episode that we haven't touched on
0: oh let's see uh no that's it it's a uh, no just i would say yeah this show is my favorite zombie story <laughs> in <that> Period. Yeah. <laughs> i was never really into zombie stuff that much until like this show
1: I I'm not I I liked some zombie stuff when I was younger I, I I've been I've been very um what's the word I'm looking for disillusioned with the zombie genre I don't know how I feel about The Last of Us at this point <laughs> I wouldn't put it as a favorite but it's also not terrible there's some interesting things going on oh, so what is your favorite zombie story. I don't know if I can get, I mean, when I was younger, I would have probably said the original dawn of the dead oh, yeah. <laughs> it was one of my favorites. Uh, I think I liked that even more than the original night of the living dead, but like, I'm not a big zombie person. Like you said, <laughs> it's not like I got a bunch of, Oh, I love those zombie movies. Um, there were a lot of them that I haven't cared for and they seem to just kind of, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today. Uh, We'll be back with more. Thank you for listening. <laughs> we may be changing where the podcast is going up. So keep an eye out. and We'll drop out information on that for now. It'll be on the regular feed. Um, and probably the day that we're dropping these will change as well. Correct. Possibly. Yeah. So, so pay attention to more uh, parenthesis side, where can they find you on the internet?
0: Well, I have some of my writings on i.blogspot.com and I'm on mastodon at parenthesis I. That's spelled E-Y-E.
1: Excellent. And you can, uh, if you go to hoboscollective.com, there's a newsletter there. You can sign up to see what we're doing over here. We're going to be coming out with a lot more. Um, and yeah. And as always, keep those, wait, no, that's the wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone
0: and as has always... their own rebellion.
1: Excellent. Excellent.